0: Internet travelers. There we go. I didn't sound like Chris Hardwick that time. Welcome once again to the Before and After podcast. Uh, If you're just joining us, here's how it works. Each week I take a film and a guest and we talk about two films we've never seen before. Um, One of them is currently playing in theaters, the other one is an older classic that is at the very least loosely connected to uh, the film that's in theaters that we'll be watching. And the first week, we'll give you our expectations for that film. The next week, we'll come back to you having watched the film and uh, we'll tell you whether or not it met expectations. There's spoilers abound, so if you don't want anything spoiled for you, don't listen to the episode until after you've seen the movie. Um, this week, I'm joined by the lovely and talented Ryan Buell once again.
1: Hello, Internet's Land.
0: Hello. That Hello. was the Internet's
1: answering. <laughs> <laughs> You sound like a young boy. Hi, Ryan.
0: Well, as we learned, the internet does sound like a young boy, and later That's... a Time Lord faking an American accent. True. Um, Very true. Which, anyway, we'll get into that. <laughs> um, it, so, before we jump into the, uh, the, the movies that we watched specifically for the podcast, have you been watching anything this last week?
1: Yeah, um, me and my wife, just last week, we watched the original...
0: Marriage.
1: Marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started, I'll <laughs> that crap all day. Um, we re-watched um, the Hobbit trilogy, Peter okay. Jackson's Hobbit trilogy, um, recently. And I love all those movies. My 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 favorite's the first one. Yeah. The the second one, the stupid end scene with the dragon, the dwarves chasing the dragons. I still hate it. I see it as pointless. I understand why they did it, but it's stupid. Um, But we rewatched that. um, And just today, I watched a movie uh, last night or last night. K N I G H T. Yeah. Not, not yeah, you were telling
0: me about that movie yesterday. Yeah,
1: with Clive Owen and, and Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Okay. Morgan Freeman. Oh, I love that movie. Really? It was re- that movie had me tearing up.
0: Really? Do you know who directed it? Or
1: I don't. Um, I can look that up, but um, but it's really good. It's kind of a medieval retelling of Forty Seven Ronin. Okay. Not not the Keanu Reeves movie, but the actual Japanese legend. Got it. Um but that was really, really good. It was directed by a name I cannot say. I'm going to show you that because I don't know how to say that. Asian. <laughs> Short for Asian. Kazuki Kiria. Yeah, that's about right. Anyways, uh, yeah, that's kind of the recent thing I've, I've seen it was last night, so I recommend it. Okay. If you like kind of Uh, medieval fan it's not really a fantasy but a medieval story kind of all about honor and you know good drama really good acting from clive owen and morgan freeman just a, a good deep story highly recommend that one
0: okay cool i love clive owen so much clive
1: owen is such a good actor i love i loved him in um king arthur i've never seen that it's pretty good i mean it's not the best of stories but he sold it for me like his performance of Arthur and he plays really good kind of honorable men
0: yeah you know yeah um even super flawed honorable men that's one of the things Mm -hmm. I like about Children of Men and his character in particular is like he's not like the greatest dude in the world but he's very noble when it gets down to it like when it comes to the things that matters he's still a very noble man even though he's like pretty cynical about stuff and I like i love that movie i just love that movie so much man (laughs) um have you seen him play that a very not honorable character in a show called the nick no i wouldn't recommend you
1: watch it um it's very gory oh okay what's the genre
0: old timey house
1: okay so he's a doctor
0: in like the 19th century
1: oh
0: yeah He's a so, surgeon in, like, Victorian England, basically. Oh. So, yeah. So even in the 18th century, I guess. That, so. that
1: was about the time where they were doing, I think, was it bleeding? Bloodletting? Blood, blood, yeah, bloodletting. Yeah, bleeding. that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. God.
0: And, like, the very fr- I mean, immediately you get a sense of the show. It's him shooting heroin in between his toes because he's wrecked his veins. Oh, um, That's the opening shot of the episode, and then... um, Let you know what you're in for. Yep, and then performing in full view of the camera, a surgery on a woman who has had her baby die inside of her.
1: Oh, that is a whole lot of no.
0: Who then proceeds to die on the table in the middle of the surgery. Because old-timey, so
1: okay
0: yeah and but he's and then he's just like he's house basically like super quippy but like like super cynical and and douchey and very good at what he does and the board's always like you can't be doing that old-timey house i don't know the character's name (laughs) but it it, like it just looks like really gory super old-timey house um and he's great in it. i've only seen the first episode um and i don't know that i would continue watching it but he i mean it Still stands that he's incredible on the show. And
1: it's called Nick?
0: The Nick. The Nick. Yeah. K N I K N I C K. Okay. Clive Owen's a boss. I I like that. I don't understand why he doesn't work more, to be perfectly honest. Because I've never heard that he's particularly difficult to work with or a jerk or anything. Probably just
1: is very picky about what he does. Maybe. I haven't really seen too many, like, crap movies with him in it. Shoot him up. I I, I recant what I just said.
0: I love that movie, that movie but that movie's terrible. That's like, a terrible
1: movie is terrible. Like, doesn't he? he's always eating a carrot, right? Yeah, and that's like his um, Popeye. Uh, his spinach. His spinach. He's eating the carrot. Yeah. In trouble.
0: Yeah. The first thing is him stirring a cup of coffee with a freaking carrot. Yeah. It's ridiculous,
1: but I, I.
0: But I still, I like him in that movie a lot. Like he's.
1: He plays the part well. Yeah,
0: he's great in it, but it's stupid. <laughs> I like Clive Owen. Uh, is that all you watched? This yeah,
1: week? that's all that I've seen this week. Okay, uh, of note. Got it.
0: Um, We were talking about this yesterday because all my friends are podcast hosts and not my actual friends. Just I've replaced podcast hosts with my friends. (laughs) Vice versa. I've replaced my friends with podcast hosts. Um, Kevin Smith and Matt Myra, the co-host of the Nerdist podcast, within the last three weeks have started something called Talk Salad and Scrambled Eggs, colon Frasier Reconsidered. And when I told my fiance, who is a Nerdist fan, but not a Kevin Smith fan, that uh, Matt Myra from the Nerdist finally started a Frasier podcast and it was with Kevin Smith, her response was, you may as well have just sent me, guess what? I watch Frasier now. And I <laughs> said, nah, I'll listen to the first episode to see what they're all about. So I started watching Frasier this week. <laughs> And I'm four episodes in, because they're four episodes in. Mm -hmm. And it's just them doing, like, commentary tracks nobody asked for over (laughs) episodes of Frasier. And they do two every week. And uh, they've done the first four as of now. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And Frasier, I've determined, is not funny that much, but really good. Yeah. It's a really good show. And... It has a lot of heart and a lot of really like well fleshed out characters from the get go. Yeah. One of the things that has been a hard nut for me to crack as far as uh, knowledge of how film works is writing and, mm-hmm. and how to like build a story and build your dialogue and set up things within the dialogue without like pandering to people. Like it's just not a skill set I possess. So like I could never write a script for anything, and I still can't. But it's also something that, because it's it's so far removed, like, it's so hard for me to wrap my head around it, it's hard for me to, like, pick that kind of stuff up from a script. The good thing about Matt Myra and Kevin Smith talking about it is Matt Myra is a former writer for At Midnight and is currently working on developing his own string of sitcoms. And Kevin Smith is obviously a film writer. He writes everything he directs. Mm -hmm. And so... Having their insight into Fraser has helped me pick out the way they write the show, and the show is super well written as far as plotting a story and having the things pay off because they only have 22 minutes to do it. Yeah, which is insane.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's so that's so little time to tell a story. Yeah. And, like, have it be funny, have it have, like, a moment of heart, have it... And, I mean, there's this almost Frasier formula that happens. And you even from the first episode on, you get that sense of it. It's just got a very clear voice of, like... It's got a very clear point of view as a show, and I I appreciate that. Yeah. So, if you don't know how to crack writing, I highly recommend the podcast. And I highly recommend you start watching Frasier, because...
1: It's a fantastic story.
0: Yeah. And now uh, you watched it a few years ago when yeah, it first popped I, up on Netflix. Or did you yeah. buy the DVDs? Or?
1: No, no, Netflix. I yeah. watched through, uh, and you just reminded me, of all 11 seasons of yeah. the show. So... Apparently, it did something right. Yeah, it went eleven seasons, and I love it. it's. It's fun. I mean, I rare. I think we were talking about this yesterday. I rarely laughed at it, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed watching it. It's v- very watchable. Mm-hmm, the character interactions. I cared about the characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, the um, Fraser himself is kind of a. Oh, I don't know the word to describe him. And uh, what not? Not nihilistic. Neurotic. But neurotic. Very neurotic. Like both him and his brother mm-hmm. Niles. Um, they're kind of the, the psychologists, and they, 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 uh, the uppity kind of yeah, yeah. low class father cop who's retired, and it's just it's an it's it's fun to watch. It's a good show.
0: Yeah, it is, and the performances from everyone across the board is incredible. Yeah. David Hyde Pierce won an Emmy eleven years straight. He won an Emmy every year that show was on.
1: Good golly.
0: Yep. He beat out everyone on Friends for
1: eleven years. Well, that's good. That's, yeah, that, ugh, I hate Friends.
0: You hate Friends? I do not
1: like that show. Really?
0: No. Oh, I love Friends.
1: I, I, maybe I'm going to earn a lot of hate, but I just yeah, I do not see the appeal. Really? I really don't. That's so surprising
0: <laughs> to me. I didn't know people didn't like Friends.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I saw a bunch of episodes when I was a kid, and that never I never cared about the characters. Really? Like I just didn't give a rip like, it's like oh, okay that's
0: so He's surprising sleeping with
1: him her this week and she's sleeping with him this week okay i don't care huh but perhaps maybe i need to give it another chance it's all know.
0: on netflix all is, 10 is seasons is yeah
1: all right i will i'll rewatch it and maybe i'll my opinion might change but i
0: just oh man i love so many of those characters so much that's so weird <laughs> i never realized how much i love friends until someone told me they hated it um <laughs> Like, I've always thought that was a good show, but now someone told me they hated it. And I'm like, no, it shows amazing. What is wrong with you? Yeah, that's super funny. I didn't know I had such strong feelings about Fr- Wow. Okay. I, I, that legitimately blew my mind. Not in a bad, like, I'm not yeah, mad about no, it. No. But...
1: That someone would hate something yeah, like that. Yeah. I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll watch the pilot. Did uh, you like How I Met Your Mother? I did it first okay but then it just kept dragging on yeah and on yeah and on i'm like screw it i no longer care <laughs> that, will, liked, that
0: went for nine seasons yeah
1: i liked the characters but then I, I think i watched up to like season six on netflix okay and i was just i just got tired of waiting waiting to figure i mean i know that you know i was like the payoff is amazing but i'm like no, no it's, not. it's not amazing at no, all not even oh, a little bit okay. it's terrible okay
0: I haven't watched the last season on Netflix yet. Yeah. But I looked up how it ends and I was like, I don't need to watch that. That's stupid. Wow. Yeah. The ending is freaking terrible to that show. Okay.
1: You have to tell me about it off, yeah. off mic. I yeah. Yeah.
0: The ending would have worked. I'll just say this. The ending would have worked if they would have ended it at season three or four.
1: Mm-hmm. But I
0: think what happened is they pre-wrote that ending and they always wanted that ending. And the show changed and the characters changed so much from how that ending is okay mm-hmm. that forcing that ending doesn't make any
1: sense okay so um, that's what i was worried about because it's like the show is popular so they're gonna keep mm-hmm. you know going and going and going it's like no do what the british do do three or four seasons and then you're done you tell your story it's a good story move on that's why i stopped watching the office yeah
0: because the office went on way too long
1: i do love me some office though that show went on for 10
0: years and i
1: i stopped at six Really? Yeah. I like the I like how they ended it actually. I heard the ending was really solid. The ending is is really well done. Yeah. It's I mean the the last couple of seasons weren't as funny obviously without Steve Carell, but I, I, I the, there was enough there were enough characters that I still cared about mm. to be like okay, let's see this. Let's see how their stories end.
0: Yeah. So, um the big thing for me was I I didn't like how everyone kind of became a caricature of mm. like everyone had this like character quirk yeah and eventually like as this show went on it became just who they were as a person yeah. rather than like oh that's a weird thing about them yeah it was like this is what defines them
1: well dwight kind of had a more deeper care a little bit more of a deeper character if that's the right way to phrase it mm-hmm. um he wasn't just the nerd guy he kind of okay. find out little bit more about him yeah because he like gets
0: married to angela and stuff right Mm -hmm. yeah
1: at the the end and uh i liked his story arc like his relationship with jim changes and it's you know but he was you know one of four or five characters Well, how many characters are on there yeah there's a bunch yeah so he's only one of a few that i I was like okay
0: yeah that's one of the things about Frazier is there aren't a lot of characters on that show yeah because it's like niles Frasier, dad daphne daphne Roz, yeah that's one less than friends it's true and like there aren't a lot of sets like they're never outside yeah
1: it's pretty much either the coffee house cafe nervosa cafe nervosa nervosa (laughs) oh it's it's the coffee house the radio studio where he records Mm -hmm. um or or broadcasts and then his dad's house yep that's pretty much it
0: I think in later seasons, it's Niles' house, too. Niall, yeah, they kind of go back and forth. After, after Niles and Daphne get together, yeah, they add that set. But other yeah. than that, I don't think there's... I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Frasier. I haven't watched all of them yet, mm-hmm. but, like, the odd ones that I saw here and there when my parents were watching it or stuff, I can't think of a, any anywhere where they're not in one of those four locations. Yeah, like I they can't do, think...
1: as a season, or as a series goes on, they do kind of go out and they have different locations, but they okay. do pretty much keep to those four different sets.
0: Yeah, and, like... Yeah, is good. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just super watchable and like there's something like calming about it yeah. too. It's very it's a very relaxing show.
1: I would watch that whenever I was eating food. Okay. Somewhere, but you know, just kind of like it's on you don't have to think a whole lot mm-hmm. about it, but you could still enjoy it, Yeah. and just kind of yeah. It was a it's very relaxing. Yeah, it's like I never thought about it that.
0: Way, yeah, but. it's like weirdly therapeutic, which is hilarious because <laughs> it's they're, about therapy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, which makes it seem like it's a conscious choice, mm-hmm. um, which I like. Uh, we've spent too much time talking about Fraser for a non frasier podcast, <laughs> so I'm gonna move on. The only other thing I watched this week was a trailer for the movie creed um and not like with arms wide open (laughs) not like that um not that creed yeah not that creed but it's kind of the continuation of the rocky franchise but not really it follows apollo creed's son
1: really Mm -hmm. i was wondering because when i heard creed i was like apollo creed or i thought i I haven't seen the trailer, but just like some images of it, and I thought, is this based off of a real life boxer or something? Like I didn't know. Yeah, no, it's Apollo Creed's
0: son. Okay. And Rocky is the new
1: Mickey. Oh. It's
0: Rocky training Apollo Creed's son to become a professional boxer.
1: Oh, it makes me so happy.
0: Which is, I I was on board for that as soon as they announced it. Like, I was like, yeah. that's a really interesting, cool, different way to continue a universe
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, with characters that people love. Without
1: exhausting stuff. Without exhausting
0: done. stuff they've done, because I feel like if you made Rocky 7 and had Rocky get back in the ring, like, Rocky 6 was pushing it.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, like, the, people liked that movie, but I think if you did a Rocky 7 and it's him fighting one last time, one yeah. last, last time, it would just be stupid.
1: And that's so poetic that he would take the father figure's place in a way. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. The trailer is incredible. Yeah. It's so good. It's one of the best trailers I've seen in a long time. It shows that they care about developing their own story rather than just, uh, to quote Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, standing on the shoulders of geniuses and not doing any work for themselves. (laughs) Like, they're very much trying to craft i want to say his kid's name is adonis creed mm-hmm. um they're trying to craft adonis Creed's story and rocky happens to factor into that because yeah, of who his father the, was
1: yeah, the but
0: they're not it's not rocky's story with yeah. adonis creed it's there's a clear conscious effort to make it completely adonis Creed's story yeah. and that's i think that's what you need to do mm-hmm. to keep that franchise going rocky doesn't even show up until the last 30 seconds of the trailer Okay. and the trailer's like a minute and a half
1: and he's just the coach and he's, and he's just, just kind of supporting it oh that's awesome yeah
0: it looks really well done
1: I'm done there's um
0: Michael B. Jordan is playing him too who I like he's who, what
1: else has he been in
0: he's the kid in Chronicle he's gonna be uh, Human Torch
1: oh okay yeah oh, I like that yes. actor I think he's good there was another uh, trailer talking about boxing movies Southpaw yeah, yeah that one looks really interesting to me yeah with um Gyllenhaal yeah Jake Gyllenhaal yep
0: Inspired by Eminem,
1: as a boxer. Or just yeah, like, the like it was.
0: It's somewhat, that I guess the guy who wrote it like finds Eminem's story to be very inspiring, but adapted basically Eminem's story as a, rise to the top of the rap industry as a boxer. Oh. So I think a lot of the events in his life, minus the his wife getting killed at a yeah, at, at a, a thing, yeah. um, has was inspired by Eminem's life. And Eminem wrote a new song
1: for the for movie. The, oh, okay. Yeah. It looks really good. Like you, you know, I'm a sucker for father son, father daughter stories, mm-hmm. and when I saw the trailer and kind of loses his wife and he's trying to get his daughter back, you know, yeah. it seemed very rocky. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I'm interested in it. Southpaw.
0: Southpaw looks great. Mm-hmm. Hall looks like he's awesome in it too. Yeah. I think that dude's that dude's coming up on something. Yeah. I don't know what, but he's. I feel like that dude's coming up on something.
1: Did you ever see... I, I, I haven't seen it, but Nightcrawler? I haven't
0: seen it. It's right. on Netflix now.
1: Yeah. he. And, lo- I, I'll i never see it just because it looks a little weird to me, yeah. but he looks good. Yeah. Like, the role that he played looks yeah. really good.
0: Yeah. I think he's, he's, he's on the verge of becoming, like, a Matthew McConaughey-type figure in Hollywood, where, like... People didn't really take him that seriously and now they're starting to. Yeah. And he just looks like he looks crazy in this movie. He's like so ripped and huge mm-hmm. in it. But he was like so gaunt and skinny and weird and nightcrawler. Like I don't know. He he I, I feel like that that guy's on the verge of getting his own sort of like reconnaissance, but with Jillian Hall. <laughs>
1: McConaissance?
0: You hadn't heard that? No. Oh, yeah, that no. was the term for it.
1: <laughs> when he was,
0: like, winning all those Oscars and stuff, no. they called it the McCona-sons. Uh Yeah. It's really fun I to say.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: McConaissance.
1: McConaissance.
0: <laughs> anyway, Creed, yeah, Creed looks good. Yeah. Um, we can watch the trailer after this, because I want to watch it again, actually, because yeah. it looks, man, it looks good. Heck, yeah. Like, I feel like it might be an Oscar contender, legitimately.
1: Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I think I think the role he's playing... Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna do well.
0: Yeah. Um so that's really it for what I watched this week. Uh we'll take a short break and hear a jam from Corey Tyndall and then mm. we will uh come back and talk about two very different
1: movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: back we're here to talk about a summer movie and uh summer movie kind of connected in that they share a star and well we'll get started with the older film as that is the mo of this podcast we watched the 1985 i'm still gonna say it the way i said it in the in the in the before episode
1: (laughs) classic (laughs) commando yeah
0: and, uh, man, I have some thoughts on that movie. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Okay, so Commando is basically, uh, Taken plus Rambo. Yep. More or less. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger stars as former Army Colonel.
1: Who eats Green Berets Yeah. for breakfast.
0: Yep. <laughs> former Army Colonel or Marine Colonel. Some he's some sort of colonel yeah. named John Matrix because it's hmm. an '80s movie. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and he is retired and he's living with his daughter. His the mom is not in the picture. She's either dead or left him or whatever. He's he's a single father raising a daughter by himself. Mm-hmm. She gets kidnapped and by former partners of his or no, former he,
1: mercenaries or he, yeah, he gets kidnapped. Well, he gets Shanghai into trying to go and kill this dictator over in Mexico or something.
0: So Somewhere in Central
1: America. Yeah, somewhere over there. Because in his army days or marine days or whatever, he had helped get rid of the evil dictator and put in a good guy. And the evil dictator's pissed. And so he's like, I'm going to steal your daughter. And then I want you to go over there and kill this guy who trusts you now. And then I'm going to take power again. That's right. the basic.
0: Right. Right. So... So that's the basic setup of it. The thing about it is, it is, I mean, drenched in, like, the most 80s action cliches you could ever hope for. Like, it's like a quintessential 80s action movie. Yeah. I mean, man, starting from the very opening credits, which is just this, like super intense synth music which we'll get to more later mm-hmm. and it's it, it, the opening credits is a montage of him and his daughter doing stuff um to show he loves and cares for his daughter mm-hmm.
1: they go fishing they
0: go fishing they eat ice cream and she shoves it in his face mm-hmm. They do your
1: favorite activity. Uh, my favorite activity where they're somehow feeding a doe. Just a little baby deer. A baby deer just like randomly eating food. It's just too perfect. I remember when that same boat that came up and me he... and you looked at each other like Why? Why, Why is this happening? <laughs>
0: man um these opening credits are worthy of the cheesiest of sitcoms like you could re- you could have replaced the entire like synth score for that sequence with the theme from full house and it would have worked better i feel mm-hmm. like like it it almost felt like an adult swim thing like where it was <laughs> on purpose but like joking yeah <laughs> that's that's how it felt to me um and from there she gets kidnapped And thus enters Arnold switching from the dialogue of a caring father to the dialogue of a psychopath obsessed with puns. Yeah. Because for the next 90 minutes... He speaks of nothing but puns. Nothing but one-liners and puns after brutally murdering people Mm -hmm. with rocket launchers and pipes
1: and things. (laughs) Except a phone freaking booth. Because that's what you do. (laughs) So
0: there's a scene where he tracks a man from the airport where they drop him off to a mall. And he uses this poor woman that has been sexually harassed by this man. There's no other way to describe it. As bait to go, like, hey, you know how he was real creepy and pervy to you? Go exploit that for my benefit, is what he says, basically and uh she does not do that and she has the cops
1: the mall security the mall cops (laughs) who are armed to the teeth yeah (laughs) i'm gonna kill this big mother none of the black people except one yeah could say that line right pardon me that sounds racist
0: none of the people like no one in that movie could swear no except one guy yeah they were like it sounded like they felt bad about having to swear. <laughs> like it's it sounded like they were worried their mom was gonna catch them. Yeah, is how this movie. So so the pervy guy goes into a phone booth, and Arnold sees that and just rips the phone like. He, so he shakes it so hard the glass breaks, first of all. Yeah. And instead of just reaching in and pulling this guy, he just picks up the phone booth with the man in it, shakes it, and then throws it down on the ground. He then proceeds to flee to an elevator, mm-hmm. wherein Arnold says, instead of just running down some stairs and waiting for the elevator to get to, to, get the, to the, the bottom... bottom I'm going to untie a huge balloon that's attached to the ceiling of this mall Mm -hmm. and Tarzan swing across the mall onto the top of the elevator and ride that elevator down until it gets to the bottom floor and then jump down to the bottom floor and attack this guy. Feel like you went through a lot of work there, buddy. Yeah. Um,
1: Took a lot of extra steps.
0: Yep. And then out of nowhere, this woman is suddenly involved with whatever's going on. She Mm -hmm. was just on her way to work and... Now she's involved in this huge conspiracy involving Arnold Schwarzenegger where they have to infiltrate a chemicals factory. Mm. And she's getting her pilot's license for... What reason? Yeah. (laughs) She, like, knows this factory that produces this airplane fuel. And she's like, oh, yeah, I know that because I'm getting my pilot's license. And I was like, what? What chapter in your book was that? (laughs) Yeah, like, what what are the odds, especially because he needs to fly to an island, Mm. it ends up being real convenient that she's getting her pilot's license. Yeah.
1: But the best scene, one of my favorites, where they have to arm themselves and they go to the oh my god depot or They the... go to a
0: surplus store. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're arming up with weapons
1: you cannot get at a store. Well, before that, though, instead of like picking the lock or just breaking a window, what does he do? <laughs> he bulldozes the window down.
0: <laughs> that's, that's how he makes an entrance. For no apparent reason. Just... Never mind that he, in the previous scene, proved that he could rip a lock that is, rip a train in half Mm -hmm. to open a gate to sneak into somewhere. Yeah. But when it comes to robbing a clothing goods store of its guns, you're going to be as loud as humanly possible. Yeah. And he doesn't just stop it after it, like, breaks the window. He drives it, like, halfway into the freaking store. store. (laughs) (laughs) So they begin arming themselves to the teeth with uh, weapons you cannot just buy as a civilian, mm-hmm. including a rocket launcher and a they, grenade launcher. Because
1: they sell them there. You know? Yep, like they do.
0: Maybe the '80s were a different time, <laughs> but I don't think there was ever a time in America where Hang you could on just there, go Tim, buy. Let me
1: get you the the apricot special. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that like that that that's the store they went to. Was yeah. that like that weird pawn shop that has a back room? Mm-hmm. That's the kind of store they were involved in.
1: Yeah.
0: After that, they steal a plane and fly to an island where the showdown happens, and my favorite type of '80s action starts happening, and that is horrendously violent, but so fake that it's not horrendous. It's yeah. just hilarious. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the kind of violence where a man can. Chop another man's off with a machete. Chop another man's arm off with a machete.
1: Throw a, a uh, saw blade. Saw blade and shave. And I don't mean like the hair, but like the skin and bone off a man, top of a man's head. Oh, yeah. My but.
0: favorite, my favorite thing about this entire action sequence, though, is Arnold does that best kind of eighties gun shooting, where you just kind of hold the trigger and wave it around a little bit, and then everyone dies. Yeah. It's like a magic bullet wand. like yeah.
1: <laughs> Just just uh, pray. Uh, what is it? Uh, spray and pray. Spray and pray. Very much that. Well, what I kept noticing was it, it was a huge machine gun with a, uh, a uh, bullet belt that mm-hmm. you feed into it. Yeah, yeah. The belt's length kept changing depending on the shot. Like the first shot, he had like three rounds left. Next shot, he had a full. It was like, yeah, yeah. Hmm, continuity error, but that's the least of our worries. Yep.
0: There was a huge one in the the climax of the film wherein he confronts his daughter's kidnapper. And uh, they get into a fist fight. And... The kidnapper is basically like, oh, you're never going to defeat me and all this stuff. And Arnold swears in this movie. Just proving that no one can swear in this movie except (laughs) that one black guy from before. Yeah. And, pardon the French, but it's amazing. It was amazing to me. The line is, he's he's like, you're never going to beat me. And what Arnold is supposed to say is he's supposed to turn around and be like, bullshit. <laughs> Arnold then proceeds to say, bullshit. <laughs> bowl. Bull. He says bowl. Bowl. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. He then proceeds to rip a pipe from the wall. <laughs> Doesn't know if it's important to the structural integrity of this place. Or the fact
1: that it could be hot and burn his head yeah, or something like that. Yep.
0: And runs this man through his chainmail vest and entire body Mm -hmm. so hard that it pierces both sides of his body and whatever the vat of steam that was behind him. Yep. Steam starts billowing out this pipe that he has run through with this man. And he dies a horrible, painful death with hot steam spilling out of his body, to which only Arnold can say, you should let off some steam. Mm -hmm. And it just satisfied my soul. (laughs) It was like chicken soup for the action movie soul. Because before that happened, I was, I was just getting ready to say I waited a little too long to start my, my lips a-moving to say the exact same thing that Arnold just said. And it, just, it was just a moment of synchronicity in my life that I'm so thankful for. Man. So that's Commando. A couple things. Well, one thing, really. I want to talk about... No, two things. Yeah, two things. <laughs> One I want to talk about how much of Arnold's strategy was just him ripping stuff off of other stuff. Yeah. He just anytime he did that, he anytime this he was pre- Yep, anytime he was pre- presented with a, uh with that option, he went for it. He rips mm. a seat out of a,
1: out, of a car. out of a
0: car, he rips some paneling off of the side of a building in order to infiltrate it. He rips a chain off of a locked uh fence, he rips a foam booth out of the wall, he rips a section of, uh, like, pipe door
1: uh-huh. off
0: and uses it to assault his main nemesis. That is his go-to move.
1: Exactly. <laughs> in this, in this the movie. The old ripping things up marine technique.
0: And the second thing I want to talk about is how aggressive this soundtrack is.
1: Oh my gosh. So many influences.
0: It's like... Synth orchestral calypso music.
1: Yeah, is one of those things. The the steel drums. Yeah, a lot of that in this movie.
0: Doesn't take place on an island. Nope. Takes place on an island outside of Santa Barbara. Yeah. Basically Catalina. Mm -hmm. Basically takes place on Catalina Island. Steel drums everywhere in the soundtrack. (laughs)
1: It's like, really aggressive uh, Rastafarians.
0: Yeah. <laughs> cool. I mean, and just, like, I mean, just piercing. Mm-hmm. Like, just mm-hmm. so loud. Way louder than any of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it just is super aggro and in-your-face. Uh, score. Written by James Horner.
1: What else is here?
0: Titanic. Oh. I believe. I'm going to look this up because this might... Uh, yes. yes. This is, this is who I'm thinking Same of. Same guy. This guy did the music for Titanic, Avatar, Braveheart, The Amazing Spider-Man, A Beautiful Mind, Legends of the Fall, Troy, Aliens, The Mask of Zorro. Yeah. He has over 150 credits on IMDb to his name. Star Trek II, The Land Before Time.
1: Huh. I like most of the, the scores for those
0: movies. He died last week. What? In a plane crash. Hmm. And... I don't want to speak ill of the dead. No, no, no. I'm sure he was a fine man. Yes. However, people yeah. are talking about the scores he is going to be remembered by, and unfortunately, this is what I'm going to remember him by based on the fact that we watched this movie so soon after his death. Yeah. <laughs> that it was at the... When it showed up, it said music by James Horner. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the guy that died.
1: <laughs> oh, not
0: good. <laughs> yep. Uh so while he did have some amazing scores, he also had Commando yeah. under his belt.
1: The music was very recognizable. Yeah. Like it Yep. Yeah. And
0: the film ends with an eighties power ballad, as all good action movies in the eighties awesome. ended. It was so good. It was so good. <laughs>
1: I, I love that.
0: Yep wherein his daughter is rescued and greets this random woman and hugs her and hugs her and kisses her like hi new stepmom clearly my dad has had a chance for romance in the last 11 hours (laughs) you are going to live with us happily ever after
1: exactly back in the woods oh we didn't even talk about the the introduction of arnold in the movie which is amazing go for it I mean, basically, it's 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 it starts with shots of him walking down a dirt path in the woods. Just his feet. Just his feet, and then it cuts to a shot holding him, most of a tree trunk, not even yep. just like a lo- just like a huge, big tree trunk, chainsaw in hand, wearing a muscle t-shirt, muscles, and just walking down a hill. Yep. And that's how you first meet his character.
0: Yep. And then him approaching his daughter, well, not him approaching his daughter, but his daughter approaching him from behind. And he's him, chopping wood. He's chopping wood. And he looks in the reflection of the axe like he's about to get attacked and then turns around and picks up his daughter. And that's how you find out he has a daughter. And it was mm-hmm. like, wow, that was real paranoid. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you think about Commando, Ryan?
1: Ugh. It, it it was everything i thought it would be it didn't surprise me in any way um it was a big 80s action movie you know puns at the get-go uh the famous scene where the the pervy guy he tells him in the movie you're a funny guy i'm gonna kill you last and then holding him over that ravine he's like you know what i told you i was going to kill you last yeah i lied <laughs> And then even the, punny line he, or the pun line he tells the girl, like, where'd you go? I let him go. I let
0: him go. It's
1: just like one after the other. Well,
0: and when he kills the guy that's supposed to be a security detail on the plane, uh-huh. and he says, don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired.
1: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and it had, it had a little bit of almost like a, a prequel feel to 24. Because mm. after he gets off the plane, he, he asks the stewardess, how long is the flight? 11 hours. And the deal is, is if he doesn't show up at the spot, then they're gonna call the baddie, and then he'll kill his daughter. So he's running. He's running on eleven hours yeah. to go save his daughter. So I, I like that element. It kind of was like, okay, yeah, he's he's on he's on the clock. Yeah, um, it's a race against the clock.
0: clock. I like that element too. Yeah. I like I like that works a lot um, oh. for me. I don't know if I talked about this on Mike or if I talked about it with Mike. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, friend of the show, Mike Moray. I think we talked about this recently. Um, it may have been in the Fast and Furious podcast that we like uh, movies where the, the person's on a clock.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like Nick of Time. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie with Johnny Depp and Christopher Walken. No. Where his Johnny Depp's daughter gets kidnapped and he only has 90 minutes to save her.
1: Oh, I've heard of that one. Yeah. And so that. it
0: takes place in real time. Oh, wow. Um, that movie's great because of that. Yeah. I don't know. I really like that that element. Phone booth yeah takes place in real time just
1: adding that tension to think yeah you don't have an unlimited amount of time to be awesome You've yeah got this much time to go yeah
0: and mike is a huge 24 fan nice um so yeah um, so yeah clearly that works for him
1: yeah yeah but it was it was fun i mean it had all the tropes i expected yeah arnold being arnold arnold i mean the phone booth scene still threw me a little bit <laughs> Cause I was like, that's. I mean, like, it's like superhuman strengths we're talking. about. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not even practical. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was. I
0: fun. really enjoyed it too. Actually, like it. It is. It is the most '80s '80s action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is. It's just so much fun to like watch. You know, quasi ironically, obviously, mm-hmm. but. I I don't know. It, it was just something so enjoyable about that kind of badness that yeah. that.
1: One of those that's so bad it's good.
0: Yeah, you know, like because it's not like it's kind of not that bad of a movie. Like, no,
1: like I enjoyed the dynamic between Arnold and the daughter. Like, yeah, I was like that, I, I believe it. Like uh, yeah. most of the movies I've seen with him working with kids, it's it's believable. He's not yeah. like fake about interacting with with the kids. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's so. true.
0: That's true. Uh, daughter played by Alyssa Milano. Yeah, we should mention. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, uh, tiny witch lady. <laughs>
1: Charmed to meet you
0: yep. yep You said that and I was like I don't understand yeah. And you were like She's on Charmed I was like Oh yeah It's Alyssa Milano <laughs> um,
1: So yeah That's Commando uh, You should watch it I, I enjoyed yeah. it It's a fun weekend movie Put it on I mean I, we, we were both watching it but We were both kind of Looking at our phones Yeah too, You kind of Don't have to catch everything Just like Okay now he's killing this guy okay. Yeah
0: Especially once it gets to the end And it's just a barrage of action You're yeah. like Which people is he killing now yeah mm-hmm. Um, so, that's the older film we watched this week. This, uh, the, the new film, the summer blockbuster film we watched this week, as I'm sure you've surmised from, one, the title of the episode, mm-hmm. and, uh, the fact that we're talking about an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, is clearly Terminator Genesis, The latest entry in the Terminator franchise, which is apparently beloved. And I, never, I always forget, like, how popular that franchise is. Yeah. And this is the fifth one. We've got an all-new cast, of minus Arnold, um, playing the same characters we all know and love. There's Kyle Reese. There's Sarah Connor. There's John Connor. Um, there's, you know, the T-800, the T-850, the T-1000. And, you know, all the hallmarks, as far as characters go, are here. And this takes place in, in several different times. Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of starts the night that that the tide is turned against Skynet. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Reese is sent back... The, the T-800 is sent back in time to kill John Connor. And then Kyle Reese is sent back in time to protect Sarah Connor from the T-800. Mm-hmm. This film kind of plays with that a little bit in that it shows what happens in the future as Kyle Reese is getting sent back in time... Something happens to John Connor. He is kidnapped by someone who's a Terminator, kind of, like... you said, who? Terminator? uh, (laughs) Sorry. Yep. And and Kyle Reese suddenly gets these alternate memories that is from a future that never happened, Mm -hmm. and he ends up in 1984 with the T-800, and the T-800... (laughs) Explain. <laughs> yeah, the T-800 is doing the things that the T-800 does from the first, movie. the first Terminator film. And it gets to the point where he confronts the punks to get his clothes, his iconic Terminator clothes. And all of a sudden, you hear the famous Austrian voice from behind say, I've been waiting for you. And it's another version of the T-800 that then has to fight the T-800, and you find out that the timeline has been messed up, and someone has sent a T-800 to even earlier than 1984 to protect Sarah Connor from the time she's nine years old until now. And so you've just completely created this completely alternate future in that Sarah Connor knows about the Terminator ten years before she did before. Eleven years before she knew before. So... It completely blows up this Terminator mythos that we know kind of. Yeah. And there's a T one thousand that's been sent back too, which was not in 1984 it was in 1991 mm. when Terminator 2 Judgment Day happened and they have to deal with the threat of that and then they find out that they have to go to this alternate future where 1997 oh. is it when Judgment Day happens now it's 2017 and they end up in 2017 and John Connor when he got kidnapped by Kyle or by Matt Smith mm-hmm. uh, who is not a terminator he is a the embodiment of Skynet That's right yeah. They've uploaded the entirety of Skynet into a physical being And that's what Matt Smith is. And he turns Kyle Reese into a machine and then sends Kyle, or turns John Connor into a machine, sends John Connor to 2017 to kill (laughs) Sarah Connor, Kyle Reese, and the T-800 so that they can prevent Judgment Day from happening.
1: Hearing the summary of this again... I'm confused. Yeah, and I now I understand my feelings when watching. When you watch it, it makes sense. Yeah, but trying to recount it to someone is like, there's a lot of time travel. That yeah, there.
0: yeah. And so this movie it ended, and the first thing I said to you when it ended was, "That movie just kept going, didn't it? <laughs> yep, <laughs> just barreled right along, didn't it? Just <laughs> <laughs> blew right past several ending points. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah." yeah so I, I, this was a weird one for me. Do you want to kick it off? Because I, yeah, I, I need, I need uh, a couple seconds.
1: I, I liked certain parts of the movie. Like I, I think one of the big things I was talking to, to you about was the thing that I enjoyed the most about it was the relationship between um, Sarah Connor and Arnold. Mm-hmm. Like that whole It was kind of a father-daughter setup. Like that, to me, uh, was pretty... For me, really the only thing I enjoyed about the movie... Um I really didn't care what was going on like like I liked the homages to the first movie like seeing Kyle Reese or uh, yeah Kyle Reese go back in time but then things kind of get messed up the T1000s there uh Arnold's there and you know but it's just it, to me it was like so convoluted with the time travel mm-hmm. thing and trying to like when I watch a movie this may sound like a stupid statement, but I want to understand it. Yeah. I want to be like, okay, logically, A to B, I get it. But with this kind of a movie, it's kind of like, okay, this guy's from this timeline. T-1000 is here. Why is the T-1000 here? And just, yeah. kind of, I got caught up in too much of that. So what I gravitated was what I could understand, which was, I, I and I liked the idea that a Terminator was sent back to kill Sarah Connor when she was young. Uh, somebody else sent the Terminator back to go save her, and then they they had that kind of a back and forth daughter, um, father relationship. Yeah, that to me, I loved that. I loved how that the arc, that story arc, I liked. Um, Kyle Reese, the actor, eh, yeah, wasn't. really... I mean, I liked the actor, but I just didn't really care for how he, his portrayal of the character wasn't really engaging. Um... Yeah, just the, the storyline itself. I was like, okay, I, I I get what they what they did, and it was you know it was bombastic. There was a lot of sweet action scenes, but there were, for me, I didn't feel tension. Like I didn't mm. care what yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. care. That John is now Terminator. Yeah. Now they've got it. Like to me, the stakes.
0: Do you think that's because that twist was spoiled in the trailer, or do you think even if that (sighs) twist wasn't spoiled, you would still be like, it doesn't matter really?
1: Full honesty, even if those, if it wasn't spoiled from the trailer, I still would have been like, oh, okay. Because to me, like, it's it's a reboot. It's retreading territory. You know, they did take it in a brand new direction, and I am I am slightly curious to see what they're going to do with it, given given how it ended, what happened with the characters. Okay, well now what? That it just, yeah, I kind of like, it's but, interesting
0: because it seems like they're setting up for another three movies. Mm-hmm. It, by all accounts, from what I've read, that's what they want to do. But this movie seems very final, and it's because they prevent Judgment Day from happening yeah. for sure this time. Whereas Terminator Three, and the thing I liked about it is. It explored the theme of the inevitability of Judgment Day, and Mm -hmm. so Judgment Day is always going to happen. Yeah. Um, So yeah,
1: I did another thing I liked, and I really appreciated was the man who invents the new kind of Skynet, which is like an app. Mm -hmm. Uh, What it's called Genesis, Genesis, the app Genesis, the guy that does that. Was Miles Dyson's son? Yes, I like that. I like that kind of like, okay, and that made sense to me. Like he would want to carry on his father's work. Yes, and you know, I, I you know they kind of have it heavy-handedly. We're talking about how societies, you know, we're glued to our phones, mm-hmm. and you know, they kind of you yeah, know yeah. that uh, doomsaying kind yeah, of yeah. deal. And I understand why they, did it. they they want to modernize it, and, right? You know, but yeah just overall it was yeah. just kind of like eh like my lisa my wife called me and her was talking. She was like what do you think i was like eh it was okay it was yeah. a summer blockbuster yeah it was big and fun and but
0: i like, enjoyed it more than i enjoyed jurassic world
1: yeah def i definitely enjoyed it more than jurassic world like and mainly because there were characters i cared about like yeah. sarah and arnold that was a storyline i was like that there's an emotional connection i can go mm-hmm. with there and but it, for me my judgement of a movie is if i can't emotionally connect with a character and like care about their story arc I, you know it could be the most crazy mythology sci-fi thing in the world but if it doesn't have good characters i just don't i don't care yeah but, but that's my take you know
0: yeah i mean i i mostly agree um, i was super into this movie for an hour
1: yeah.
0: i was really into everything in the 1984 universe like i thought it was super well done it was cool seeing like Arnold fight Arnold. It was really cool seeing, like, Asian Robert Patrick be the T-1000. That dude looks exactly like him. It's Mm -hmm. ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And, like, seeing the T-1000 again was sweet because it's uh, so cool. And... that whole sequence in 1984 i was like damn i was like this is cool and then they went to 2017 and i immediately stopped caring about the movie like in an instant i cared about the first half a lot i could not have cared less about the second half of that movie at all once john connor showed up and he's a machine and we got to stop all this crap I i don't care yeah i don't care um and i think it's because the movie comes to a grinding halt because in 1984 it felt like every two pages of dialogue, there was some sort of action beat. They had to run away from a new threat. They had to take care of something. There was a there was a pacing to it that moved at a clip and was really nice. Mm-hmm. And then 2017 happens and they stop. And they, they have to restart a movie again. It was mm-hmm. like two separate movies. Yeah. You get the exposition of... The, the eve of Judgment Day and then sending Kyle Reese back and then you jump to t- 2017 and now you have to get the exposition of here's why Judgment Day didn't happen in 1997. And they stop the movie and they spend... Whereas in 1984, they were constantly running around L.A. like trying to get Kyle Reese and, and the T-800 in the right spot so that they could prevent the T-1000 from being somewhere. In 2017, they spend like a half hour at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Just chilling yeah. at a hospital explaining everything yeah. and like learning what's going on. J.K. Simmons is in it, who has just won an Oscar yeah. for for an incredible performance in Whiplash and he's he's this cop that interacted with kyle reese in 1984 and like clearly knows that they're time travelers but they didn't do anything with that character yeah except like set him up to be like oh i'm kind of j- jittery and funny yeah, like yeah. that was it they didn't yeah. do anything with him yeah.
1: and that's what made me upset too is like he i his again a character i was like that's interesting i yeah. care about that but then they didn't do anything yeah really. like he he did one thing to help him and then okay bye yeah. We're done with you. Yeah.
0: There were these seeds of interesting ideas, but the movie was so obsessed with, like, barreling through everything that it just never stopped to care about any of it. Yeah. Like, the movie didn't care about any of the cool ideas it was presenting, or the implications of the cool ideas it was presenting. And it was really frustrating to watch because it's not that bad no. of a movie um, compared to some of the other stuff that's come out this summer, I think. And he just... I think Alan Taylor did a really, really good job directing this movie. Um, as far as working with what he had, I think mm-hmm. he he has an eye for action that is it's standard, but it works. It's not anything new or refreshing like um, like Fast and Furious, where I like the action in that movie because it's usually super inventive. The movie in this was pretty by the numbers, but it was exciting. Yeah, um, kind of like it was. It was exciting because of the events that were taking place. It wasn't exciting because I was invested in any of yeah. it, and so there was this disconnect there. But I think he did a good job staging the action. I actually think he did a better job staging the action in this movie than he did in Thor: The Dark World, which was the previous thing he directed, yeah. um, which I actually wasn't too big of a fan of. Um, yeah, and it was. It was okay. I liked it more the second time I saw it. But this one, like, I was like, oh, you did. You've stepped it up since then. Even. Yeah. It, it, it just felt better. It was it was paced a little bit better for the most part. As far as the as far as the the visual beats yeah. are concerned, it was it was its pacing was really good. I thought um, as far as its story being plotted out, it was paced horrendously. Yeah, <laughs> horrendously. It, it was too fast and too slow. It was just I mean exposition vomit and then cool action mm-hmm. and then more exposition vomit. It was like. Four decks of cards that no one shuffled together. Yeah. Just like, here's your exposition, here's your action, here's your second exposition, yeah. here's your second action, movie's over.
1: It. I think the big thing it was missing was tension. Yeah. And like that feeling of these characters could die. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that at all. I'm like, I know they're all probably going to live because, you know. Yeah. And so that, that, which was, that, that's the draw for me, at least of the first two movies. The first The first Terminator. Horror movie. This machine that's trying to kill this woman never stops coming. Yeah, and you don't know if she'll live or die. The second movie, he's he's trying to kill the boy. You don't know live or die. There's that that tension was there. But with this movie, the fifth movie in the franchise, you're like, he's not gonna kill. You know, there's no way. And if they did, that would be, you mean pretty sweet. Yeah. There's that. You know. Yeah. If there
0: was a major character death, it would have been a whole different movie. Yeah. Um, but they're not going to do that.
1: You just know, okay, two robots are going to fight for about five minutes and then they're going to go on the road. Yeah. And it's like, oh.
0: Yeah, I agree. I will say this. Um, it, well, to that point, I forgot to mention this. I don't know how I forgot to mention this. In what we watched this week, I watched Jurassic Park this week mm. um, for the first time in a couple of years. I watched it with someone who had never seen it before. Oh, and, right. oh man, it was the best. <laughs> it was the best. First off, holy crap, Jurassic Park's amazing! <laughs> i'm pausing i'm pausing the uh, the terminator podcast to just say good lord that movie is incredible it's yeah. still incredible it holds up it's 22 years old and is just as intense and crazy as ever mm-hmm. um but she this person went to go see jurassic world with us having not seen jurassic park and so she uh. came out of the movie and she was like yeah it was fine I don't know what you guys are on about. And then we watched Jurassic Park, and that first scene with the raptor cage Mm -hmm. happened, and she was like, there's immediately more tension in this movie than there ever was in the entirety of Jurassic World. And I was like, yeah, you were correct. Mm -hmm. You were correct. And, like, that...
1: (sighs) Even seeing the movie over and over and over, you still feel the tension.
0: I was legitimately terrified by the kitchen scene all over again. Legitimately, like... Whoa, like, even
1: though you know how it ends I know
0: exactly how this movie ends I know every beat to that movie but yeah. that kitchen scene just completely
1: it's sus- terrifying. Yeah,
0: it's so scary man yeah. in the best way mm-hmm. it's so good um, you know I did notice something I'm going to cut this out but I-, I do have to mention this I did notice something that I've never noticed in that movie before, oh. and that's after the kitchen scene when the raptor's trying to get in the, like communications room, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a Unix system. I know this, you know that part where like yeah, Lex yeah. is like hacking,
1: she's the becoming the hacker.
0: Yeah, Lex is becoming the hacker. Um, Grant and um, uh, Laura Dern's character, whose name Sadler, mm-hmm. Grant and Sadler, are, like leaning against the door to like prevent the raptor from coming in, and she's trying to get the gun with her foot, and she's like, I can't get the gun. The little boy's just sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> literally, all she has to do is go, Hey, Tim, you're doing literally nothing. nothing. Come hand me this gun. Yeah. <laughs> Raptor problem solved. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's all she. This is broad. Like I was yeah, like, <laughs> you could have even had an emotional moment with that, where he's terrified. But it's like we are going to
0: die. Nope. Instead, they just put him looking terrified behind his sister while she's hacking the system. Yeah, that's it. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Jurassic Park has this great sense of tension mm-hmm. because it's one, the first in a franchise, and so you don't really know if anyone's gonna live or die, even though you're pretty sure, like. Movie's not going to kill major characters. Yeah. Like it, it's so well done that it doesn't matter. Yeah, and th- that doesn't have this. Terminator doesn't have this. Even though it's well directed, it doesn't have attention to it. It just looks pretty.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. The the graphics and the th- and the the three D character all look beautiful. Like, yeah, it's well well done. Yeah, it's just
0: de aging Arnold was awesome. Yeah,
1: that really was cool. Sweet.
0: I. Loved Arnold's performance in this movie so much.
1: Arnold was worthwhile.
0: He was so great in Mm -hmm. it. He was, like, he clearly still cares about playing this character. Old,
1: but not obsolete.
0: Man. He just, he was so great in it. He's, he's, this is probably my favorite movie of his. uh, You know, my roommate said that too. It's probably his best movie since he's come back. Mm -hmm. And I, it was really cool seeing Arnold, like, be the Terminator again. That was it's that like was sweet. iconic character. Again. Yeah, that was really good. But yeah, it, it, it's 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 a frustrating mishmash of, it's frustratingly uneven. Yeah, and it's not the best movie I've seen. It's not the worst movie I've seen. But it's also not a good movie. Yeah, like it's not it's not like outright bad, 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 terrible, no, horrendous. No. Um, I mean, there are some pretty gaping plot holes. Yeah. Um, but it's also like, as as far as like movies with crazy plot holes and like a like crappily directed action this like it's it's visually well served yeah but emotionally and story-wise completely underserved
1: yeah i'd say i i'll say i was glad i saw it i think it was worthwhile to see but it's not something i'm like keen to, to go see again but it's yeah, I mean, it wasn't
0: nearly as bad as I was expecting it. to be. No,
1: it wasn't a horrible movie by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I've
0: seen way worse movies, but yeah. I've seen way better
1: movies. Is yeah, the thing
0: like, and and this is the kind of movie that's really hard to talk about because it was so middle of the road. Yeah, that it's hard to have. Uh, it's hard to like be passionate to make an interesting podcast on. Mm-hmm. So I think we did okay, but uh, it's 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 hard to just be like, oh, this mediocre movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so middle of the road. Yeah. Um. Oh, Amelia Clark! Don't play Americans ever again. Don't do it. You can't do it.
1: Yeah, no. She was she was what I expected, which was oh, trying to be the, the tough. And I now I understand why she's in the movie, because the director
0: directs a bunch of Game of, Game Thrones. of
1: Thrones stuff. So like, oh, okay, now I see why you were in this film.
0: Yeah, she, she was, was not a
1: con- terrible. No, she was not she, a convincing. Ter- uh, Sarah Connor.
0: She was not a convincing Sarah Connor, and she did that thing that I hate the most, which is she dropped her accent left and right all over this movie yeah oh that crap gets under my skin so easily Mm -hmm. so easily sam worthington i hate that guy because of it and amelia clark is actually worse than sam worthington at it and sam worthington's (laughs) the worst at that yeah she anytime she had to pronounce anything that ended in r she couldn't do it yeah she could not do it at all no um because she said something about like someone's finger and it was just like his finger finger. (laughs) yeah gosh (laughs) gosh she said it twice in that one scene i was like i hate you (laughs) yeah
1: it felt to me like she was overcompensating and what i mean by that is like trying to be over tough yeah like uh, i am a badass action chick you know yeah she was trying too hard yeah where i think the more convincing you know female action stars are the ones that they just seems like that's just who they are. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's why I love. Uh, who's the actress that played the original Sarah Connor? I can't remember her name.
0: She was just on Frasier. Uh, the episode of Frasier I watched. I don't remember her name.
1: So I think she married James. Linda King, right? Hamilton. Linda, yeah, Linda Hamilton. One like that to me is always gonna yeah. be Sarah Connor. I don't think anyone will ever do a better job than that. And she, you know, first movie, sweet innocent scared girl. Second movie, complete transformation. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's going a whole other direction. Yeah, yeah the Sarah Connor in this movie.
0: Not convincing at all. No. And tinier, right? She's yeah. way shorter.
1: She's and she looks like she's twelve.
0: Yeah, she looks she looks like a middle school girl. Yeah. And then there's a scene where they're getting mugshots to while the cops theme song is playing. Yeah. Some bad, weird joke. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Weird, like completely out of place and stupid joke. Yeah. And they show like the height of everyone because they're in front of the mugshot and she's like five feet tall. Hmm. Linda Hamilton's not five feet tall. No at all there's no way that woman is five feet tall and then Arnold was 6'3 which I did not know yeah I was unaware of that
1: big big man
0: yep I was like whoa you are a giant mother <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> we've come full circle yep
0: yeah do you have any closing thoughts on Terminator
1: um yeah uh for those of you who were thinking about going to see it or will have already seen it uh, I say go see it it's 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 a fun kind of movie to see, you know, for the summer, you know, if you want to think of a movie to go see with your friends, go see it. Uh just don't don't expect a lot of goodness.
0: Yeah. Um I mean it's it's there are worst time killers that you can yeah. go see now. Um Jurassic World being one of them. Yeah. I would I would if you're between this or Jurassic World, choose Terminator. this. Uh I wouldn't necessarily recommend this super highly either. Yeah. But uh, definitely over Jurassic World, um, yeah. which it makes me sad that the benchmark has been that for the summer uh, for me. But we'll we'll see. I don't know. I haven't yeah. seen Inside Out yet. Um,
1: yeah, I still have to see that one. Yeah, I haven't I've seen. Heard In- it's amazing. Yeah,
0: I've heard it's amazing too. I mean, we still got some good stuff coming out that I think. Ant Man mm-hmm. looks great. I think yeah, Mission Impossible yeah, yeah. looks great.
1: And then there's always, always Star Wars. Oh yeah, the Holy Grail. Yeah, movies. yeah.
0: I'm mean, well. I was talking specifically about the summer. Oh yeah, yeah. I think the summer will have Ant Man will be good and Mission Impossible. I, I'm a sucker for those movies. I like those movies a lot. And I, I, spoilers for a future episode. I don't think Fantastic Four looks too bad at all.
1: Yeah, they'll, 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 there's there's some good movies.
0: Hopefully, I'm hoping so.
1: Hoping, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Here's hoping. We
1: wait with bated breath.
0: Yeah, um, Man from Uncle looks good. I don't know. I think there's I think there's some stuff to be pulled out of the summer.
1: Yeah,
0: um, but.
1: Some fun ones.
0: Yeah, it's been kind of a slow start since Mad Max.
1: Oh, I love me some Mad Max. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I do.
0: Yeah, I think this first two months was uh, peaks and valleys. Mm -hmm. Peaks and valleys in this first two months of of the summer movie season, but whatever. Um, On the whole, they haven't been outright horrendous. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, for as much as I hate Jurassic World and I think that movie looks like crap yeah. uh, I, I did there is a budget there like it doesn't like wholly look like crap yeah um, just the dinosaurs you know the important stuff
1: yeah yeah anyway even then um, I'd yeah. say go see it but yeah yeah I'm, I'm sorry everyone,
0: for <laughs> raging for raging for the I'm gonna try to get away from it next week <laughs> no promises um,
1: just don't say hopefully the next guest doesn't say dinosaur
0: yeah a baby dinosaur <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Before and After Show. If you like us, uh, see something, you can email us at beforeandaftershow at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Before and After Pod. That's at before the letter N, after pod. Um, you can like us on Facebook. If you just search the Before and After Show, you should be able to find it. Subscribe on iTunes. Give us a review on iTunes. It's super important. Um, subscribe on SoundCloud if you don't want to use iTunes or you don't have an iPhone or anything, uh, comment on the, on the page on, on SoundCloud, on the episodes. You can interact with the episode as it's playing. You can leave me a comment if you want to respond to me that way. Um, yeah. Uh, until next time, go watch Jurassic Park.
1: Did
0: it